With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Gaji, for leading us in worship this evening. I surely want to give my words of thanks and praise to God, my Father, for each of you that are with us this evening. I'm grateful for your presence at this Christmas Eve candlelight service, and we will certainly honor Jesus with communion. Isn't it good to have family to share this evening with? Not only do we experience the love of God, but tonight we are able to share the love of God with one another. Many of us have been shut off from our families for various reasons. Some of us, uh, distance is a reason that we aren't able to be with our families, but to have a community in which you can be part of a family. And because we all believe in Jesus Christ, and that makes us family also through his blood, it's so special that God would make sure that we would have someone to be with this evening. In fact, Jesus told the disciples before he went back to heaven, he said, I won't leave you orphans. Well, he also didn't leave us without sisters and brothers, and that's who we are to one another tonight. I'm so thankful for those of you who have agreed to participate in the reading and singing and playing of the songs that express the reason for this season it's not just a cliche, you all. Jesus truly is the reason and the reason that we have gathered here tonight. A special thanks to the TI Community Organization leaders and also to Sister Samia, who in her absence, we are praying that God will restore her quickly to her health. But thank each of you for your participation this evening as well. Now, I, I do belong to a a, a four wall church and my pastor often says he's going to be quick well i'm hoping to be quick tonight this would be more of a meditation than a real message a whole message but there's so much meaning packed in the scripture so i'm just praying that god will help you to grasp the uh what is being said and what it means to us as followers of jesus christ the scripture is coming from luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 12, and it reads from the King James Version, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I'll be focusing mainly on verses 11 and 12. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. 
Let us pray. Father, we give you glory and praise. Lord, we thank you with open hearts for the gift that you gave us, Father God, on our cold winter night or fall night, Father God, as we understand it could have even been in September over 6,000 years ago. We thank you, Father, that you loved us enough to send your only son to wrap yourself in human flesh to come into the world, God, to save us. I pray, God, tonight that as we give you honor and glory, that you will receive our praise. Lord, receive our worship. Know that we love you with all of our hearts, and we do indeed appreciate you, Jesus, for all you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. And so for a title, I've, uh, I've come up with, We Must Find Jesus. You know, often we have various things that we own and we may lose them, misplace them, and sometimes they're just uh, taken deliberately from us. And we set out on a search. Oftentimes it can cause a lot of frustration and anxiety and sometimes anger. My granddaughter recently lost her her wedding rings. She's only been married, oh, two years, two years, and had beautiful rings, and they came up missing. And she's been looking and looking and searching, and I I can identify with her pain because I had a, had laid away a, I think a half carat diamond ring at one point, and 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 paid on it and paid on it until I got it out and I loved it so much and I mean within three months that ring had disappeared. So we we have things that we love and that we cherish and they come up missing and we start out on a search and oftentimes get others involved in our search because we must find that missing object. Well, such it was tonight in the scripture as the angel of the Lord got the attention of the shepherds and gave them instruction on how to find Jesus. Well, Jesus, the shepherds were actually out in the field, tending their sheep, doing their job, making sure that the sheep was well cared for when, they, when their attention was captured by an angel. The scripture gave them, the shepherds, the angel gave them some uh, some instructions, and the scripture that I read this evening was the one that we stopped at. You all can imagine the opposition. But the first point I wanted to make about the scripture that I read was is to compare it with the book of Isaiah chapter 9. All of the scriptures have been read this evening, They've been, and we're going to just tie them together. For it says, in the city of David. So the first announcement brought fulfillment to the promise of God to David that there would be a king who would sit on his, on his throne forever. Certain things were significant about the city of David, which is where David literally had his throne. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which was also the city where David was born. Both uh, Jesus and David were of the tribe of Judah. They were in the same lineage, even to the uh, prostitute Rahab was on their family tree. 
But the important thing in, in Isaiah chapter 9, it says, on him will be the entitlement to rule. That caught my attention because David was the first king appointed by God. After David, there were so many ups and downs in king leadership that God decided to go all the way back to the beginning. That's the significance of Jesus being born in Bethlehem, in the city of David. He was born in the place where the problems began and the breakdown in leadership, according to God's instruction, began. God was determined he was going to have a way that we could get it right. Adam and Eve were responsible for the first downfall in following God's instruction and allowing sin to come into the world. And after them, God found out that nobody could toe the line, not one human being. And so Jesus came. Man had to have a man to rule. So God sent himself in the form of a baby to grow up as a man to rule his people. This man would be sinless. He would be obedient. He would carry all the power of heaven to defeat Satan on every hand. The second point I wanted to make about this point is that it's in his name. The angel told them that he would be Christ the Lord. Something significant that I want to point out right away about the term Christ. Jesus wasn't called Christ until after the resurrection. Notice that he was already slated to die because the, even the angels knew that he couldn't be the Christ until after the resurrection. But until then, he would be the Lord, the representative of God himself in the earth. I went back to number 6-2 because that's a place, 626, a place where I go often in giving a benediction because it said that God went to Aaron and said, teach the priest that this is the benediction. This is what I want you to say over my children. And he starts out by saying, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you y'all i'm probably i'm getting it mixed up and give you peace but the last sentence and i never leave it out because it's so important god said and when i see my name upon my people i will bless them that's what makes that such an important benediction for me because I want God to always look at us and see his name because his promise is that he will bless us. And so I looked at the ways that the name of the Lord, for he shall be Christ the Lord, is used. In the Old Testament, the Lord is considered the most holy name of God. It means Yahweh, eternal and self-existent. It's used most frequently in these terms in the book of Psalms and also in the book of Isaiah. But these were a couple of names that stuck out to me in Isaiah 9:6, mighty God. How could a baby be a mighty God except that he was God himself? Everlasting father. Now, this is calling the baby his own father. How could that be? 
except that it was God wrapped in the flesh of that baby that he allowed to be called Jesus on his way to becoming Christ. In John 15, Jesus said to the disciples, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The Father and the Son were acting together in every situation. Jesus said to the disciples, whatever, I only do what I see my Father do. And I only say what I hear my Father say. Jesus was determined to mimic his Father to the letter. Our children sometimes mimic us. If you all, uh, those of you who have children, if you had little girls, if they come through the house walking in your shoes and carrying your purse, my little great grandbaby at 18 months old already has to have a purse because we all carry a purse. Whatever she sees us do, she makes it her aim to mimic us. Also in John 14, 13 through 7, Jesus said to the disciples, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So again, Jesus could only get the power from his father as he came into the world as the mighty God and the everlasting father. And then I remembered what Paul said in the book of Philippians. He said, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Well, Paul wasn't the only one that referred to knees bowing because Isaiah in chapter 45, God was speaking to him and he said to me, every name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall take an oath. So you see, God was indeed all man, but he was also, Jesus was indeed all man, but he was also all God. Something else about the name Lord the angel said he sh he shall he is Christ the Lord. I saw that the definition meant bread or breadwinner. Only the father in a normal home setting is the breadwinner. But we'll remember that Jesus referred to himself as the living bread. And then it the angels told the shepherds that he would be found laying in a manger and a manger was also called a trough which is considered a feeding place i thought that was significant that we would look at that the word lord means bread or breadwinner and he would be laying in a feeding place i marvel at the completeness of God. I marvel at how he is able to put things together. Now we're told that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and that everything that was created God made. We were told by Miles Monroe, a Bahamian minister who unfortunately he and his wife perished in an airplane crash. He said God created all that he needed to create in those six days. And he said, God literally walked out through time, made everything that needed to be made, came back and started all over again, not to recreate, but to allow things to happen as he had already ordained. And so what's happening as the shepherds are 
approached by the angels. God had already walked those steps out. He'd already ordained the date, the time, and the season. And now things are, are taking place. Now, this, the angels told the shepherds that they're going to have a sign. The sign would be that they would find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Well, I thought again back to another time that the word sign was expressed. It was expressed to Isaiah in chapter 7, verse 14, when it said, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Well, there was an immediate fulfillment to this scripture as King Ahaz and the children of Israel were needing relief from the Syrians who were constantly attacking them. But there was also a messianic promise entwined in that particular word of prophecy. And that prophecy was being fulfilled and announced with the birth of Jesus Christ. And so it says a sign, a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. I was doing study on this for this message last year and found some things that were so profound. It said that when a lamb was born during those days, if he was being designated to serve as a temple sacrifice, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger until it was proven that he was fit for sacrifice. And so you see, God had it fixed the exact time that Joseph would carry Mary to Bethlehem. It was already established that she would go into labor while they were in Bethlehem, the city of David, because the king was coming, hallelujah, to take the throne and it would be forever. What kind of king would be born in a, in, a main, in a stable and laid in a manger? It was the same kind of king that rode into Jerusalem during Passover week, the last week of his life on earth, on a donkey. Jesus, the significance of that donkey was that he was coming in as a, as a peacemaker because one of his titles was the Prince of Peace. The people were expecting a leader that was going to come and, and lead an uproar. And from that uproar, the, the saints would take over and there would be peace forever. And there would be the rulership of Jesus Christ. But God didn't have that in the particular timing of that Passover. During that Passover, that babe that came laid in a manger. But his first day in the manger was the day that was leading up to his last day here on earth. He was coming to be the temple sacrifice and the sacrifice of his life was for you and for me. But we await the next coming when he comes riding on a horse. The significance of the horse is that the king rides the horse into war. You get that? He came on a donkey because he was coming as a man of peace. But when he comes again, he'll be riding on a horse making war, that final war that will take the people of God over once and for all for the worship of God the Father.
So that babe would, was laying in a manger when the shepherds got there. Now it's so important that we understand that shepherds were chosen because Jesus was coming as a shepherd for the sheep of God. Jesus' job would be, as we've heard David uh, write in the 23rd Psalms, to lead us in paths of righteousness, to grant us the ability to lay down in green pastures and to know that there is one who would restore our souls. I remember before I found out about some of the things that are going on in America right now, one of the things that we were told um, at a uh, at a baby shower, actually, there was this husband and wife who were world uh, uh, missionaries with us at that shower. And she says, well, as the shepherd restores our soul, that means it's our, our mind, our will, and our emotions. So God already knew that there was going to be some tampering going on. And he made provision for the restoration. Now, in biblical days, Jesus was found in many places. He was found debating with the priests even as a boy. He was found teaching disciples by the seashore. He was found feeding 5,000. And it said men, women, and children weren't counted, but they were fed with two fish and five loaves of bread and 12 baskets left over. Jesus was found by the woman with the issue of blood in a crowd. He was found by the woman whose child had a demon, and Jesus saved her child. Jesus was found raising the dead, walking on water, commanding winds and waves to cease. But the point is that Jesus was found. Just like that night in Bethlehem, he was found. And Jesus was doing what he was sent to do, even as a babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger, waiting to be verified as fit for the temple sacrifice. Y'all, we're the temple. The word of God says, know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the sacrifice for us was Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. So to what length will we go to find Jesus. We can't be too busy to find him. We can't be too tired. We can't afford to be too sleepy or too through with other people. You know, sometimes people have left ministry because the people have just ran them out. People have worn them out. People have talked them out until you end up just turning around and saying it's, it's not worth it. And they walk away. We can't be to anything if we're going to find Jesus. The world is getting darker as people no longer value the light. Yet only Jesus can save us. And he is the light of the world. So to what length will you go to help others find Jesus? Will you make a phone call? Send a card? Knock on the door? Will you say a prayer, ask a question, or challenge an attitude? Sometimes people will ask you, why should I believe? What's he done for me? What's he doing for you? Could be a question that's asked. And we would have to challenge it 
that attitude by saying, have you tried him for yourself? The shepherds were doing their job, caring for sheep. They were stopped by angels and sent in search of the shepherd who had been sent from heaven to shepherd God's people. All people belong to God. God had already made the prophecy that all nations would come to him. And they would come to him because of the light that we find in Jesus Christ. And they'll come to him because of the light that they'll find in us. I'm so pleased to stand in a community with those of you who have made Jesus your choice. I'm so proud to know that God selected us because he knew we'd stand and we wouldn't quit looking for Jesus. We wouldn't quit pointing others to Jesus and we would not quit until we find him for ourselves, for our family and for others. God bless you and amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.